Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers. I'm here with Megan Francis. It's Sunday. It's the end of the year. This is a more than mom, and we're already giggling before we even hit record. Well, the very first um, thing we put, I put in the intro, we have like an outline where we kind of just say what we're going to talk about in each section of the show. And the very first statement is we are weird. Yep. Welcome. Because it turns out we are weird. We've known this for a while, but it, this week we discovered a very specific way that we are both weird. Yeah. Around, around a beauty or a uh, beauty style. I don't know what you want to call this. We were talking about painting our nails. Spoiler alert. We'll get into yeah. it later. But it opened this Pandora's box of um, kind of bizarre beauty. What are you calling it? Bizarre beauty rituals? Yes, that we can't quit. (laughs) And what I love is that Sarah sent me this very like, I don't know, like confessional Vox message on Voxer and was like, "Um, I just I think I'm probably weird in a way that you're not weird about my nails. And then we'll talk about in the way she's weird. But Sarah, you went on about that for like it was a long Vox. It was probably like two minutes long and then followed by a picture of your nails, which looked great. But the funny thing is I'm weird in the exact same way about my nail polish, (laughs) but then I'm weird in totally different ways about other things. Yes. And, you know, for those who might be new listening, um, we are both now in our forties and we have talked over the years about different, you know, like skincare and beauty stuff and even things like exercise and like saggy kneecaps. Yes, saggy kneecaps. And I do feel like there is something about the stage of life we're in where we still are a bit vain. We care very much about, you know, our eyelashes or our shaved legs or whatever. But we're starting to like experience things that maybe 25-year-olds don't have to deal with. So I think the reason yeah. I find this all very funny and very silly is it's like that combination of the vanity you have when and I am very vain about certain things. Like when you're a teenager and you spend hours in front of the mirror, you know, trying to shape your eyebrows perfectly, but combined with 40 year old lady problems. And so (laughs) just like we had, yeah, many, much hilarity ensued. It did. Well, I can't wait to dig into all the hilarity because I mean, we've talked in the past about weird hangups we have that stop us from like working out, for example, like not knowing when to put your workout clothes on or when the shower should happen. But I feel like you and I, even though our personalities are totally different, have equal number (laughs) numbers of sort of like debilitating hangups around beauty, which is really strange. You would think I wouldn't care at all. And I'd just be walking around with like, you know, hairy armpits and stuff and you'd be more buttoned up, but it's actually, we both have a lot of hangups. And um, so, so people can just listen along and either roll their eyes at us and make fun of us or nod in commiseration or both. Yeah. Or a little bit of both. And maybe we will have a few product recommendations throughout, sprinkled throughout, but they will be few far between and accidental. So um, (laughs) consider this not a beauty guide, but more of a confessional. (laughs) 
Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Okay, Sarah, since nails were the genesis for this entire episode, um, and by the way, that conversation happened yesterday, so that just gives you a glimpse into <laughs> how like off the cuff a lot of these episodes are. We had a different topic in mind, but we were too excited about this one. Yeah. It was it was nails, and your confession was really about what a mental hang-up you have about doing your nails. So Sarah, please describe your obsessive hangup. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to describe mine because they're very similar. Yeah, they're very similar. Well, first of all, I've noticed on, when I've seen you on camera, we haven't seen each other in person in over a year, but when I've seen you on camera I, or selfies, I've noticed that you've had your nails painted a lot lately. And every time I see someone with cute painted nails, especially in kind of like a funky color or dark winter color, I'm like, oh, that looks so good. I could do that. I have nice nail polishes in my cabinet. Like there's nothing stopping me except my hangups which mostly are, I really like to do it well. I mean, I just, I, I don't want there to be dings. I don't want there to be chips. I am a true perfectionist in this particular category. And I, I like the process of painting nails slowly and carefully, multiple coats, top coats. Like it's satisfying to me, but that takes kind of a long time. And then I've just never mastered like when do you do that so that they can dry the proper amount of time and not need to wash dishes or go to the bathroom and wash your hands. Or like I did the other day, I put my phone in my back pocket and then I needed to drive a kid to school and driving was not a big deal. Like I can get into my car carefully and just have my hands on the steering wheel, but I forgot that my phone was in my back pocket. So I drove for like 10 minutes with my phone, like awkwardly sticking up my butt in the back of my jeans. Right. So I guess the hangup is the hangup is around. I have like a really unrealistic standard for how good I want my nails to look. So it's almost all or nothing like no nail polish, or I want to take two hours and do them perfectly. And I don't know how to make that happen. But the problem is then I just don't have nail polish on. And I feel like other people do. And it's so cute. And it's like, come on, Sarah, like you could, you could have this too. You could paint your nails. You you could, this is available to you. Okay. So this is so funny because I, even though I'm not in general, a perfectionist, I share 
a lot of these same hangups. And first of all, I'm very vain about my hands. I have really nice fingernails and mm-hmm. they look great even when there's no paint on them. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not gonna put a sloppy paint job on my nails. Why would I do that? I already have nice nails. So for me to wear nail polish, it really has to add something. Like it really has to be a value add, right? Yeah. To the situation. <laughs> now that said, when my nails are painted and painted nicely, I love how they look. I just mm-hmm. like looking at them. I'm staring at mine right now. I, I just know. did them yesterday. They me look too. amazing. I love how they look on camera. Like I yeah. love when I'm gesturing with my fingers and, or my hands. And I think, man, my nails look really good, you know, during a business call where I should probably be thinking about business, but it, it is great. But I am someone who the minute there's a chip, I want the polish yeah. off. Yeah. I do not want to have raggedy, painty um, cuticles. I don't want a single ding. I am yeah. super, super particular about how my hands look. So all that to say, I used to paint my nails, I don't know, four, five, six years ago, maybe probably about six years ago. Clara got really into painting her nails. And for a little while, we, we had this whole thing full of nail polishes and it was something we did together. And I would spend a lot of time Um, and then she kind of didn't like it as much anymore. Like hers would get raggedy really fast because she was a little kid and, you know, she wasn't careful about them. And then she'd want her pale, her polish off and there's polish on my fingers. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't take your polish off because I'd, I'd have to handle the nail polish or the remover. So that's not happening. And so we just felt like, I felt like my nail polish jobs got worse and worse and worse instead of better and better and better. And I, I think I had like two or three experiences in a row where I was too impatient, didn't wait long enough, did the dishes and wrecked them and was just mad about it. So I did not do my nails at all, maybe once or twice for probably four years, like four years did not do my nails and decided this year that I was going on a date and I thought I'm going to do my nails. And I did. And I was like, gosh, these look really good. And (laughs) then I actually went, you know, for a brief shining moment when things opened up around here and you could go to, I think maybe you can still go to nail salons, but it's a little weird. It's, it's just different. And I feel weird about it, but I did go and got a pedicure and a manicure and walked out and like, Oh my gosh, my nails look so good. I can't, I have to have them done all the time now. So I've done them pretty consistently since like, yeah, you always have color on yours. I very rarely don't at this point of my life, right? In this phase. And I have my process down to a science. So if I'm going to go anywhere in the next like three hours, I put my coat on before I do my nails. Not your nail so coat, I'm not my, a coat of nail polish. Your no, outerwear. No, my, my, my outerwear, my <laughs> jacket is on. I pee, I pee like four or five times. <laughs> Just because who knows what might happen. And I certainly don't want to have to deal with like pulling down leggings or like undoing a button um, with just paint, you know, freshly painted nails. I do only use fast dry nail polish. And if I'm using an older nail polish that's not fast dry, I'm really careful to make sure that it's not goopy and that if I have to put a little nail polish remover in it to thin it out, because that does help Then it thins out the coat and it isn't as, it just isn't as thick and it dries a little faster. But if I do have an older polish that's not the fast dry kind, um, I do use a really good, super fast dry top coat. And I take out my bottle of nail polish remover and I fill the cap and I set that next to it where I'm working. And then I stick a Q-tip in it so that if I have any mistakes, I can quickly grab a saturated Q-tip and clean up the mistake. That's very genius. If you wait until it dries and then you're trying to fumble with the remover and then you're putting the q-tip in and it doesn't have a chance to fully saturate you will not get that you won't get the mistake off in time and you just have to live with it until the next time you wash your hands which won't be till like the next day like right. you know what i mean like it or <laughs> you'll wash your hands but you're not going to do like a yeah. hardcore scrub. I, I knew what you meant and then i sit there and i like i'll do like i can do computer work yeah i was gonna ask like what are the things because i have a hard time sitting still and not being productive that's a personality yeah. thing for me so it's almost like I need to know what I can do that is like nail drying approved, which is you can type on the computer. You can, probably you can type on the computer or like yesterday, you and I did a business, you know, Zoom. Yeah. And all I was thinking about for the first like five minutes was my wet nails. They weren't by that point. They were almost dry, <laughs> but I was kind of preoccupied with them because they looked so good. But anyway, I have gotten to the point now where with this system, I actually prefer to do my own nails because I feel like if I went to the salon to do them. I would, first of all, they take forever and sometimes they don't do the best job. I, I, I have found that there's like a large, you know, the large scale of uh, uh, the range, I guess, of how quality the job is. 
but I always get to that moment where they're done and I'm like hanging out with my hands under the dryer. I'm ready to go. I'm, I've been done for a long time. And then they want me to pay. And I'm like, yeah. oh, oops. Or my phone or my keys are in the bottom of my purse or like I have to pull my shoes on because I got my toenails done or whatever too. So, you know, this is like the biggest first world problem possibly that can exist, but I've gotten good enough that to me, it's worth it to invest in more colors and more good products at home and just do them myself. I love it. Because then I can perfectly set it up. I'm very inspired. And right now my, the product I'm really loving is, I know we both like Essie nail polish. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a newer uh, line called Expressi. And it's a super fast dry and it truly is super fast dry. Like it dries really, really quick. And then if I pair that with like a really, um, they have the good to go top coat, which is also like a fast dry. I mean, half an hour and I, I really can be out the door sweating by this point. Cause I've been wearing my coat for an hour, right. but <laughs> just ready to go. Oh and they gosh. also have, um, they also have a, oh my gosh, shoes and everything. Like I'm like my, and sometimes I'll have my purse already like slung over my arm. I'm like, I take it really seriously. Because if there is a way to mess up my nails, I will find I that know. way. Like if that way exists, I'll do it. It's just so disappointing. I, I totally relate. I have not gotten a system down like you, but I relate to all of the paranoia, which is so funny. Yes. So in addition to Expressi, the other thing I like about the Expressi polish is that the, um, the brush has a really cool angle on it. So if you're using your non-dominant hand, and I always start with my... I always paint my dominant hand first because it feels harder. And then it's such a relief to switch to my non-dominant hand. Oh, that's funny. I don't. I do my, I I do it the opposite of what you just said. I always start. So I always go, you know, I always do my right first. And the brush is angled in a way that makes it easier to do that. The other thing I have um, is the nail polish remover that comes in the jar with the scrubby thing. Because if one nail just gets messed up and it's just dead to me, like it's just a done deal and I can't yeah, even, it's a lost I cause. can't even, then I just stick, you stick your finger in the little hole and oh. it has like a little, have you used those? Uh-uh, but I can picture, I, I can picture what you're talking about. I've never used one. Yeah. It's like a jar yeah. and there's either like a sponge or like a little, the one I have right now is like a little silicone scrubby and you just stick your finger in there and go up and down a couple of times and it completely mm. removes all the nail polish. And then you can just redo that one finger. Awesome. Did we just spend 10 minutes talking about our nails? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I still have one more question for you, though, okay. Sarah. Have you considered, and I, when I tell other people about this dilemma, they say, why don't you just get acrylics or gels, you dum-dum? Uh-huh. And I have to say that to me does not solve any of the issues that yeah. I have about my nails. First of all, acrylics I've had before and they ruined my real nails. Yes. And that's unacceptable. I like my real nails. I do not want them ruined. But gels do that thing where they start to grow out. Mm-hmm. And you've got like a gap at the bottom. Yeah. And that would drive me nuts. Yeah. Um, no, so how about you? I have never done them and have no interest. I have no problem if that's like your nail care solution. Um, there's so, there's a couple main reasons. One, I think the maintenance of going to the nail salon, even in non-COVID times, would feel like not a waste of time makes that sound really mean to other people. I don't mean it's not it's not a waste of time if you love to do it, but it would feel like a hassle to me to make those appointments and go back over and over again. And I've, you know, some of it, some of those methods wreck your nails. Yes. But the biggest one, we are going to get into some of my picking habits that I I truly think fall into the like (laughs) compulsive category um, of, of picking. And I just think I would rip them off and I think I would pick obsessively. And it's probably better for me not to have polish on my nails most of the time and then to do it for fun and, and do it really well. But no, I am not a good candidate for any of those those types of gel or acrylics at all. I've never done them, but I, I don't think, I don't think I ever would. And honestly, with, with regular nail polish, the minute I start to like find, cause I don't pick and peel a lot, but sometimes you'll get a chip that's just in that perfect spot and you'll realize you put it on a little thick and you almost have like a ridge and you can just you like kind of like the whole thing. Gym, you could just kind of peel the whole thing. <laughs> I will catch myself doing that and go take it all off immediately. And with gel, that's just not as easy. Right. Getting it off is harder. If you want to switch the color, it's harder. It's just, to me, that's a whole thing. I like knowing that like, I'm going to have this color that I put on yesterday for probably two more days. And then it's going to start to look a little ragged around the edges. And then I can choose to either touch up the ends if I want, but I'll probably take it off, wait a day or two, and then put more on. And I'd rather, that just works better. For yeah. Me. Yeah. All right. We should move on to hair. We should. 
I mean, if we're going to if we're going to ever leave this room, we should probably <laughs> move on. All right. So tell me about your hair hang ups. OK, I just have one bizarre. It's not a hang up in this case, um, but it's a bizarre, a bizarre technique, I guess, a bizarre beauty habit is that I prefer to air dry my hair after I wash it instead of blow dry before I heat style it. So I do use a flat iron and often a curling iron after that, depending on like sometimes I do that over the course of a day or two. I don't do it all at once. But I prefer to air dry because I just cannot stand standing there with a blow dryer forever. My hair is long and it's medium thick. I don't have the thickest hair, but I but I have a decent amount of hair. It's curly wavy. Um, so I get out of the shower. I brush through it to get the tangles out and like, you know, get the shedding hair off and all that. I really like the feeling of like a really good brush through. And I'll put like a heat protectant, some like some little cream in it or something to um, protect from heat, heat, uh, whatever, styling. And then I will kind of shake my head about and I will let my hair air dry. But that takes a long time, like hours, really. And so as it dries, it's getting frizzier and frizzier because I've brushed it. Right. Like if if you have curly hair and you use a curl product and you kind of scrunch, then air drying is a little different because you're you're trying to set your natural curls. And I can do that. I don't love the way it looks, but that would be different. And that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is I brush through and I may even brush it a couple more times as it's air drying. And I look like a witch. It gets like, it's so (laughs) fluffy. I think you've seen my natural, like when I, it it goes full frizz and it gets like triangular and, and I, and I walk around my house like this for probably three or four hours and I work and I do dishes and I like, whatever I go about my life. But if you saw me, it would be like truly frightening. A a witch is the best way I can describe it. It's like (laughs) so frizzy. And then eventually when it's totally dry and I might take a hairdryer and just get the parts that are like not totally dry, like around the back of my head. And then I will heat style. I'll use the flat iron and it looks great. And then sometimes I'll use the curling iron after that. And I'm good for two or three days. Um, but in that four hours, I would be frightening if I opened the door. Like if you saw me, it's terrifying. So that's my weird hair <laughs> styling habit. I'm sure nobody else would be terrified for you. It's terrifying because you're used to how your hair looks. Yeah, it doesn't look like a normal hairstyle. It looks like I got electrocuted. (laughs) So, okay, I I won't argue with you about that. I don't know that I agree, but I will say would I I don't I I have naturally very wavy hair with some true curl, but it's not as curly as yours. It's more like it could look curly if I tried to make it look curly. And if I don't, it has a definite wave um, that I don't love, but it's okay. Like it's yeah, I think of yours as like a smooth wave almost. Yeah, like it's got a couple ripples in it and it's and underneath gets kind of ringlety, but like you can't see that and I can deal with that. But I have found that even just blow drying for five minutes takes some of that away. Does that not happen for you? Like if you blow dry it to where it's damp, would that take any of that it would just witchiness ta- away it would for just you take or would it basically just go right back to where it, it would was? Be, it would, would still been? be, it would be um, smaller in volume. It wouldn't be quite as big, but it would still have that that frizziness. And I've used the, um, the all in one brush hairdryer thing that you have. I used it when I was with you last year. Um, and that was great. And it's, if I had to blow dry my hair, if I was on a shorter timeline, I would, but there's something about, it just feels like this takes longer, but I can be more productive while it's drying. And it feels like less heat overall on my hair since I'm going to use the flat iron later. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll use the hairdryer for part of it, but, um, but that's not a solution. No. Okay. So what about you and hair? So you know that I am pretty new into my long hair experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, I had short hair for a really long time. I don't think my hair was really past like chin length for probably more of most of a decade. Like it was a long time. So I've really had like legit long hair. The way I put it when I started growing it out was I wanted high school hair. And I, yeah. I have pulled that off. My hair is as long or longer than it was when I was in high school. Um, but in the interim, I have become kind of obsessed with not washing it. Yeah. Because it looks when I first of all, when I had short hair, I had to wash it every day. You have to have a reset. Um, and then the longer it got, the more I'd be like, oh, maybe I can play with like not washing it until day, you know, three or whatever. And now I am trying like I feel like I'm just pushing the envelope all the time. Like the longer I can go without washing my hair, the better. And so I have this weird obsession now with like tracking where I'm at with when the last time was that I washed my hair and trying to eke out the most possible time between washings. Right. And I wash my bangs 
pretty much every day. Cause you have to, with bangs, you kind of got to start fresh and I don't want to load my bangs up with dry shampoo cause they get gross. Um, sometimes I will wash just the top of my head. Like I will use my fingers to kind of like separate out the top, like quarter inch thickness of hair and put the rest in a bun and I'll put like a baggie over it. Wow. That feels like a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It is. But it's less work than redrying all that under hair. Cause the under hair for me is the stuff that takes the longest to dry and dress just drying like the top level or layer of my hair is pretty fast and easy. So I'll just like shampoo that I have to like, I can either do it in the sink or I can just do it in the shower. Um, but all of these routines and strategies fly out the window the minute I cook bacon or go sit at a campfire. Because honestly, like those smells just permeate your hair. Um, cooking onions is another thing. And I didn't think about that when I grew my hair out. Maybe when I was younger, I didn't care about how my hair smelled. Or maybe I was because I was so young, I was washing it like every single day anyway. But I don't want to wash my hair every day now because it looks so much better when I can get to day like three. Like yeah. day three is perfect hair but, uh, I don't want it to stink. And so that's been a, an ongoing issue for me. I have this memory of my mom begging my mom to make us Swedish pancakes, which were, you know, a special thing in our family. And she would always say like, Nope, I just washed my hair. <laughs> and that was like a reason why we couldn't do it that day. And I, I get it yeah. now as an adult. I will sometimes wear like a, a hat, mm -hmm. like a beanie, um, or put, just tuck my hair up into something. And that helps a bit. It just doesn't completely it doesn't completely fix the problem. So, all right. Well, if we've said enough about hair, let's talk about facial hair. Okay. <laughs> Still talking about hair. Same category, different spot on our bodies. This is where we're going to really um, show our age as middle-aged women and also our vanity and possibly some obsessive compulsive tendencies in my case. So we're just going to go there. Okay. This I think counts as facial hair. And is a very bizarre thing that I do. I have a small widow's peak in my hairline, like not a really dramatic one, but it just goes down a little bit at the top. And for some reason, the hair and that part of my hairline is like, it feels different than the rest of my hair. It feels almost like it needs to be plucked in the way that I would pluck a stray eyebrow hair, for example. And so I just am constantly messing with my widow's peak area. And I will sometimes pluck a few stray hairs if it feels like they're too far down on my forehead. Um, then it feels like, wait, why is there hair on my forehead? But they're not. It's part of my hairline. Um, but it's a bit, it's a bit obsessive compulsive. And then of course, if I pluck a couple, they will grow back. And so then I have weird length hair at that part of my hairline. And so it's just a whole cycle and I'll like sit watching TV at night and I'll realize I'm sort of like <laughs> playing with this little tuft of hair at the top of my hairline and half of it's gray, of course, because all my hair, I mean, I'm very, very gray when I don't dye my roots. So as they come in, some of them are these little short, stubby, gray widow's peak hairs. And I don't know. That's just, that's just what I do. Okay. So you're not the first or even 10th person I've known and been close to who has a thing about plucking hair from their eyelashes or their eyebrows or their head mm -hmm. or face, but something, me personally, something about intentionally plucking hair out of any part of my body is real creepy to me. Like mm. it gives me like it, like even if I I'm really lucky that I have very um, thin eyebrows, sparse eyebrows, I've never had to pluck them. But if like thinking about it makes me kind of want to barf a little Interesting. bit. Okay. Isn't that funny? Like I really, I don't even want to think about plucking anything. Um, on the other hand, I have this weird habit where I run my fingers over my scalp Looking, you know, you get those little like bumps. I think they're what they are is like a sebaceous gland or something that uh -huh. gets they like, I don't know. They're like, a, you could pluck them off. They're like, yes, they're like I know oily. I don't know what they are. And I like look for those. And I kind of love when I find one. And I don't, I used to find <laughs> them a lot when I was younger and I had more oily hair. It's, it's pretty rare now, but I will find myself like running my fingers along my hairline looking for bumps, which is also probably a weird obsessive thing uh -huh. that I could probably have diagnosed somehow, but I'm just going to pretend it's normal. <laughs> Um, I just, it's like fun. Cause you're like, Ooh, what's this? What's this thing I can pick off my scalp? Yeah. We're weird. Okay. Let's talk about face razors because if we're talking about older lady stuff, uh, face razors are in there. And I will say the first time I noticed facial hair that disturbed me 
was when I was probably 38 or 39. And I remember I was like looking in the mirror and I suddenly realized that actually I might've been younger. I might've been more like 37. I mean, it was kind of right around the same time I noticed gray hair in my temples. Um, and I was looking in the mirror and I'm like, it's blonde, it's fair, it's light, it's fluffy. There's nothing really offensive about the hair itself. It's just that where it was, was like kind of tufting out over the sides of my lips. Yes, I know exactly where you mean. And yeah. I felt like an otter. I remember <laughs> telling someone I look like a friendly otter. Like I'm not, it's not hideous. I don't look ugly. It just looks not like it's not supposed to be there. Yeah. Yep. So I didn't start using face razors though until like last year. Up until then, I was just using either those, um, this little wax strips, which I don't recommend because they did leave a lot of like little bloody spots and they mm -hmm. made me break out. I would use sometimes the creams. Those work, but I mean, they're not great. They don't always work that well. The razors work amazingly. So I have not yet done this and I know I just need to get over myself. It just feels weird to think about shaving my face. But the more I've heard people like normalize it and the probably the first time I heard of it was I think on selfies podcast, like four years ago, maybe three or four years ago. And, you know, thinking it sounded kind of like, I don't know, like, like some secret that women were shaving their face. And now I feel like it's very normal. You just hear about it and read about it a lot in beauty, anything. And it, for anybody who doesn't know, the razors are like teeny tiny, like very fine. And like, supposedly the hair does not grow back darker or stubblier. And they're just meant for those little like peach fuzzy areas. So I just need to get over myself and just buy one. Um, I'm not a particularly hairy person, but exactly what you, what you described exactly in my very late thirties and now 40, just like extra peach fuzzy mustache area or in the corners of the mustache area. Or sometimes there'll be one hair in that area. That's a little darker than the others. And I have like one chin hair that will just grow until I see it and then I <laughs> pluck it. So um, yeah, I'm on board philosophically. I just have not purchased said razors. Gotcha. Okay. So you can get them, um, anywhere. Uh, the one, the ones I've used are either Tinkle, that's uh -huh. another brand, or you can buy like the cheap knockoffs at TJ Maxx, which I've also used those. I feel like they both use, they work about Is the same. Is Billy one of them? Or did I make that I've up? heard of Billy's. I've never bought a Billy, but okay. I've heard of Billy's. Um, the first time I used them, I did not realize that the, I'm sure this is, varies by brand, but the corners are very, very sharp. And I cut myself because oh. I was like, I just kind of thought it was like a safety razor where like it just goes across. But mm -hmm. this one, like on the edge had like a little sharp. Okay. So there was a little bit of user, you know, like a learning curve. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also use it on the peach fuzz on my cheeks, mm -hmm. which can be quite thick. And honestly, the peach fuzz on my face, like on my cheeks has always been like that. Like ever since I was really young, I've always had really thick peach fuzz, like coming from basically like my temple down and it hasn't really bothered me. But now that I'm doing my mustache, I feel like, why not do why all not? of it? You know what I mean? <laughs> why not get rid of it? I have it on good authority that a friend of mine's teenage son used her tinkle razor, um, to shave his first mustache, or as my kids call it a crustache or oh. a trash stash when it's like <laughs> not quite grown in. Yeah. But I offered it to Owen and he was so offended. I was like, honey, you want to use my tinkle? And he's like, mom, get out of no. there. Get that out of my face. <laughs> what are you I do not want to use your tinkle on my man stash. So yeah, that was kind of a funny conversation. But I, I just feel like I just keep one in like the drawer. I have one in my makeup bag. Um, I have one in my travel bag. And I just feel like anytime it really doesn't grow back any thicker, it feels more stubbly because now it's stubble. Sure. That's the one thing that's different. Like soft hair is soft hair. Hair that's been cut off is always going to be a little more stubbly, but I just do it like every day or two. And it's not a big deal. It hardly yeah. takes me any time now. And even I don't let it grow all the way out. I just kind of attack it. And sometimes I do my whole face just because I feel like it. I haven't noticed any chin hairs yet, but those run in my family on both <laughs> sides. And like, I find them horrifying. And it's one of those things that just ages you so much. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how to obsessively like, you know, how to know when I have chin hair. Well, and I know I only have the one and I've had it for a couple of years and it only grows in this exact same spot. And so it's like, it, it's under control because I know where to look for it. But yeah, it, they can be sneaky and they can like not grow. Yeah. And then all of a sudden like 
grow like a quarter of an inch in what feels like overnight. Um, and right. what's funny is now we're really aging ourselves, but your eyes get worse. Like your detail vision yeah. also gets worse in your forties. So like the running joke is like, all of a sudden you have these little bits of hair or these stray, you know, facial hairs, but also your eyes think you look great. Like you can't, you don't actually, right. you can't even them. tell the difference. <laughs> Um, I will also add one more thing since we're keeping it really real. They're great for nipple hair. Okay. And that's where I drop my mic. All right. If you are of the sort who gets errant dark hairs around your areolas, this That'll is a good work. way to take care of them quickly without having to bust out a full razor. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Okay, so maybe we're bringing this back a little closer to normal beauty routine. What? Talk, but Us normal? <laughs> let's talk about makeup. And I guess I don't think I have any bizarre makeup routines or rituals, but I will say that COVID has made me doing my makeup very erratic and almost like the extremes have gotten more extreme. So when I when I don't do any makeup and I have my frizzy witch hair, I can look quite scary. And I might go a few days with like not a stitch of makeup, but then I also find a lot of pleasure out of like doing a full face lately. Sometimes being alone in the bathroom is like my only alone time. So I'll go in there and I'll start, you know, I'll wash my face. I'll put on a nice moisturizer. Doesn't it remind you of being like a teenager when you had more time for that kind of thing? And like that was how you escaped your parents or whatever. Yeah, it (laughs) it is. It's like, it's like a creative play. It's a very Uh like Um, yeah, it's creative. And so I'll come out with like a full face on and my sweats because I'm not going anywhere. And I'll be like, Oh, I look really nice today. And sometimes like Brian or the kids will say like, Oh mom, you look really nice. And I have no reason to have a full face on. So I guess the bizarre part is it's not necessarily syncing up with what I'm doing that day, but I, I have a wide range of how much makeup I put on and I often will put on more than I need to because it's just nice to be listening to a podcast and like playing with makeup back there. So and I think Zoom culture, I know you're going to talk about Zoom culture, but I think that has definitely had an impact, too, because if I am going to be on video, I I put a full face on nowadays. Yeah, well, let's just talk about that now. Like 
I feel like, you know, a year ago, Sarah, if we had envisioned a year where we would have to be on camera as much as we've had to be, it's very different to be talking to someone on camera than it is even in person. And so yeah. what used to pass as my like, um, my makeup job in, during a day would be like some powder and usually just some, um, some mascara that like, yeah. that's how I went out in the world. As long as I was dressed and my hair looked okay, I really didn't think about much else. And now being on camera feels a little more intense. And I feel like I have mm -hmm. to like step it up a little bit more. And we were just laughing yesterday because we had a call where we weren't sure if it was going to be audio only or video. And mm -hmm. a year ago, you and I both would have angled real hard to have that be audio only. And I feel like yes. we've really quickly adjusted and just like I came to it with full makeup because I was yeah. just kind of prepared. Like yeah. I just knew that was what I was going to be doing. And I might have other Zoom calls and I might as well just be ready. So it really yeah. has changed things. And I think in like in COVID times for not for everybody, but for some of us looking good can be a mood booster. And so if you have a Zoom call, it's not like, oh, my gosh, I have to look amazing for this business meeting. But if you're going to be on camera and have to look at yourself, you might as well put on a little face. And if you put right. on a little face, you might actually feel a little better about yourself. So there's a little bit of like an upward spiral. Now, I've definitely shown up for uh, on camera work meetings, not with a full face. And I don't think sure. you have to, but there's a relationship for sure between this zoom culture we have now and makeup for me. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So I also know that you finally got eyelash primer. I know that's not what we're talking about today products, but I want to know if you've got, if you've added the primer into your regular routine or if you save it for special occasions, how are you I doing have. with that? So you told me about this. We both use the L'Oreal Voluminous Mascara, and you found that the same line of mascara makes an eyelash primer, which I didn't even know really what that was, but it looks like white mascara, basically, and you put on a coat before you put on your mascara. And then I kept forgetting to buy it. And you finally were like, you need to buy this. And you said, I'm very disappointed in you, Sarah. And then I was like, oh, man, I really have to buy this. I mean, you were joking, but it was funny. It made me was laugh. I? And it made me Was I joking? <laughs> You were very disappointed. <laughs> I have a long history of eyelash vanity. It's well documented. Like you said, you've got great hands. You like the way they look. You want to keep them looking nice. Like I, I have great eyelashes and I, and I feel very vain about them. And that's like been, I'm, I know that I own that about myself. Um, so I have incorporated the eyelash primer. I really like it. It just, um, I think it helps with the separation before the mascara goes on. I especially like it on the lower lashes because I feel like um, I don't always put mascara on my lower lashes. But um, when I do, the primer seems to like somehow make it so they don't get clumpy. And just a, a tiny bit of mascara on the lower lashes is noticeable when you've had the primer. I will say that I think I had unknowingly been doing my own version of primer, which was um, like a really light coat of mascara and then move on and do other parts of my routine and come back for a second coat. And I think it's about it's about the same as when I do that, but um, probably a little better. So I like it yeah. and I do it and I'm here for anything that makes my eyelashes look great and eyeliner, too. I just I just bought another thing of liquid eyeliner that you can do like full, you know, full cat eyes if you want to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it goes back to my stage days. I love that yes. stuff. I could play it with is, eye makeup. Stage makeup all day. is very fun. Um, okay. So I, for me, I also don't have very long eyelashes and I find that the primer adds significant length in a way that like doing two coats of mascara just never really did for me. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Like there is something different. The other thing is I think it looks really cool by itself. And one day I put it on and I was just kind of like doing other things, waiting for it to dry. And Clara came in and she's like, oh my gosh, mom, that white mascara is amazing. And she wanted me <laughs> to just wear it. And I thought, you know, if I was a little younger, it was a different time in my life. I'd maybe yeah. try to rock white mascara. It looks really cool. So it does look, it looks really interesting. It's very yes. striking. And yes. I definitely, I know we've talked back in the day about colored, you know, blue mascara and purple mascara and stuff. And I loved that when I was in my early twenties. So I would have for sure been on board. Well, let's talk about lips. And I have some hangups about lip color. Um, okay. we've talked about it on the show before. And, and I was the one who told you because I'm a few years older than you, that when you <laughs> Age as you age, all the color drains out of your face. Yes, it's like really, we'd only known each other, only been working together for a very short time. And how it did it like, even come up? Did you? I don't we, remember how this. We worked. were at a first conference together, and we were in a bathroom putting on lip gloss. And I said something like, "And you borrowed my lip gloss, and I never got it back." That was the first <laughs> of our accidental exchanges. Mm -hmm. And I said something like, "You know, I just feel like 
I need color on my lips more than I used to. I used to just put on something clear or something, you know, and I made a like an offhand comment. And you just said, very matter of factly, you said, oh, that's just because all the life drains from your face as you get older. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. so I would have been 30. But I was still nursing Violet. So I would have been like 34 yeah. at that time. So yeah. you were like 37 or. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that definitely does happen. And so like I've definitely leaned in more on blush or like um other kinds of like uh, what's the stuff you put in like the highlighter on your cheeks and stuff like that and yes. lip color. But I have a really hard time. First of all, I'm seriously addicted to lip balm. I have been since I was in high school and I've really never gotten over it. Like there haven't even been times it's lapsed. I use lip balm all the time. So I want my lips to feel always like they have lip balm. And if there's yeah. any dryness or like yucky skin on my lips, like I can't leave it alone. It really bothers me. So that makes lipsticks very, I don't know. They're hard to use. And the older you get, the more they bleed and the harder it is to keep them in place and to get the color route. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm again with the zoom culture thing, I'm playing more with lip color. And sometimes I land on one that's great, but like a stain on lips that are already a little dry looks awful. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to be too glossy. I don't want to look like I'm trying to go clubbing, but like gloss does look better on my lips than super matte, unless it's the right matte. So I, I really don't have a routine or a weird ritual around it, except that I just keep putting it on and taking it off and putting it on and taking it off, or I'll put a color on and then feel like I have to tone it down. And I just never can really land on what I like. So I end up just always buying basically the same color over and over in a variety of different formulas, hoping, and it's usually a pretty light, like almost new, like a, like a brownie pink, because at the very least it's not offensive. Yeah. And, and I think you're right with zoom. It sometimes those brownie pink nudes can look good if you're well lit. If you if yes. you're well lit, then that can be fine. But sometimes you feel like you need a little more color. So I think yeah. I think that makes sense to search around and hunt around. You know who has great lip color content on the old Insta is our friend Sarah James. Um, world. Oh, yes. Um, yes. So we'll link to her Instagram, and she is a forty something. I mean, she's she purposely is out there as a 40 something kind of clean beauty. She looks like she's blogger. 22, but yes. I'm, yeah. <laughs> but like she really beautiful. like embraces the 40 yeah. something and she yeah. reviews lots of lip color. And I probably will never use lip color like Sarah James does, but I enjoy looking at it and I'm always like, Oh man. And she, so anyway, that's a fun follow. And I will link that up in the show notes. A few times I've also put a color on that's much brighter than I would wear in person, but on video it works. It just somehow works. So I think it gives us the, it just gives us the ability to play around a little bit because it thinks it's like being on stage, like Mm -hmm. more is more. That's a great analogy. Yeah. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing I've noticed as I've gotten older, but particularly being older on camera is like, I have to have powder on my face. And I did start to notice in my late thirties that like dewy was not good anymore. Remember how everyone wanted to be dewy? Mm-hmm. in our 20s and early 30s. And then suddenly Dewey looked like, wow, these wrinkles look greasy. <laughs> it yeah. just was a very different look. More sh- more sparkle in the creases. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I am like re- really obsessive about making sure that my face is blotted and matte. And my cheeks can still be a little shiny. That's fine. But like my T-zone, um, my chin around my nose, like I do not want shine there at all. So I'm much so, more serious about powder now than I used to be. And you are a very diligent powderer. I know that from like hanging out with you. I always have a powder, but I don't reapply and I don't apply very often in the first place. One thing I have noticed, I am a lot less shiny in my T-zone, my forehead especially, than I was 10 years ago. And I, it could be anything from the face, like the, the products I use, like how I wash my face and moisturize my face. It could be age. It could be hormones. It could be climate even like, yeah, I've lived in some hot places. I've lived in some, but I used to feel much shinier than I do now. And so, and, and it also could be some of the, like the tinted stuff that I use, like the BB creams and stuff. Mm. So I, I'm not saying I never need a little powder, but that's not that well, that one doesn't feel like a need for me unless I'm really about to like go take some pictures or like really going out on the town. So interesting. And it depends. Like if it was summer and, and it was just like a, like a sweaty glow, um, and I could just kind of like, you know, wipe my arm across my face and get the sweat off. It would be totally different than in the winter. Something about my skin, like the T-zone oiliness isn't nearly like what it was when I was, you know, in my teens or whatever, but it's still right. there. And it starts to look like the way, 
You know, like when you wake up in the morning, sometimes and it's been like a really hot night and you wake up and you just feel greasy and gross. That the uh-huh. only way I can. And then that's how it is on my face in, uh-huh. especially in the winter. It's worse because I think it's like an unnatural heat. Like yeah. you're really actually dry, but then you're like kind of sweating and it's, yeah, I know, it's just I know really yeah. unattractive. So yeah, <laughs> it's just not good. Hence so, okay. Have we covered makeup? Can we move on to other skin obsessions? Yes. And by the way, we have an episode about makeup that I don't know. I feel like it's within the last year or so. So I'll link that up in case people, I think some people really do love talking about makeup. So, so Sarah, do you have any weird skincare uh, rituals? You know, so I thought about this and I don't think right now, I mean, I've talked about plucking hairs from my facial skin and some other things that are already weird, but in a, like, in addition to what we've already discussed, I don't think I have anything bizarre, but I just will say I care way more about skincare than I did even two years ago. So I've just graduated into very basic 40-year-old lady territory, which is like I would hear about it before. I'd hear about toners and moisturizers and night creams, and I just never did it. I washed my face usually twice a day, but sometimes just once. I put on makeup. I washed it off. The end. I wore maybe a sunscreen moisturizer. But the idea of like a skincare regimen, I heard people talk about it. I just couldn't care about that. And I had little kids and blah, blah, blah. And I have gone full from like zero to 100 percent in the span of probably 18 months. And some of it is we've worked with some really good skincare sponsors. We've gotten to try products. I have you as an influence who, you know, has like, I, you know, I think when you get to our age, it's a little it's fun to talk about. Like now we get to try retinol products and like. Again, I think I said at the beginning of the show, we have like the vanity of young people combined with the the, the burgeoning the old lady problems. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so, um, yeah, no bizarre habits, but I'm just I'm struck with how much more I care about skincare than even even 18 months ago. It's like a pretty big transformation. I have definitely for the last four, five, six. I mean, I've been in skincare for a long time. I, there was definitely a time when I wasn't as good about it because I had like lots of little kids or whatever, but I've always at least on the basics and I've always been into skincare products. Um, so I would say it's kind of just evened out into a pretty normal routine. I have two, two little stories. Um, one is I do get occasional breakouts and I'm in, I have one right now, probably quarterly, like not that often, okay. maybe once every two or three months, I will get a chin zit or like around my lip or next to my nose. And because it's so unusual for me, I obsess about them. Like I can't leave them alone. And it's like when your mom would yell at you not to touch your zits. And I know that, but I'm like, but it's there, but it's right there on my face. I can't stop touching it because it's so weird that it's there. And then I don't want it to ever be exposed to the air. I want it to have some kind of something covering it, like a cream or something (laughs) at all times. I don't know why, but you can't really do that because it gets crusty. So like half the time, I end up making the breakout look so much worse than if I just yeah. left it alone and let it run its course because I'm like putting stuff on it and then the stuff is all crusty and then I'm putting more stuff over the crusty stuff. And it's just, it's like, I forgot how to have zits. Yeah. I can't yeah. do it right anymore. Or almost like all of the energy goes into that one zit. Cause if yes. you have like a face full that you can't spend that much time worrying right. about one individual zit, but you get one per quarter. So it's like all of your Yeah, I can relate to that. I will say that for a few years, I got one giant pimple per menstrual cycle. And when I started doing like higher quality daily skincare, that stopped. And I think it was at the time our sponsor, Dermatology, who I still love and we're not working with them right now. So this isn't sponsored, but I don't know if it was their specific products or just just caring more um, or something else. But it is I I could potentially still get one, but it used to be guaranteed every month. And I, I don't get them anymore at all. So, so I went through a phase where I didn't get any and it started to happen again. And I have heard that's a perimenopausal or premenopausal thing. I would thing. believe that. Yeah. So um, I, I think this is going to be just the deal for a few years and that's okay. Like it's fine. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal, but I just, I need to learn how to deal mentally because mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> I feel like I have, I feel like Marsha Brady from the Brady Bunch. Like I remember there was an episode where she had a pimple and it like ruined her life. And I remember watching that as a teenager going, what are you, I have pimples all the time. Like, Right. But you know, she was perfect. So just having one pimple was like a big just deal. One. Yeah. Center over the edge. Um, the other story I have to tell you is that my sister, who is 10 years older than me, when she was around your age, Sarah, so just a little bit before 40 or just right at 40, she started using what are called frownies. And they are like little pieces of medical tape that smooth your forehead. Or you can use them around your lips or whatever, but she used them on her forehead. And what they do is they like smooth out that wrinkle that people get when they concentrate 
I don't uh-huh. have that. I don't have that crease, but a lot you of people have, like, have it. The most amazing forehead. Well, it's just it for whatever reason, it just it that's not where I reflect any expressions at all. So a lot of people when they you know furrow up their brow, they get a, like a line between their eyes, or they get yeah. a a line. They get several lines in their forehead, and she was starting to develop them. So she would use frownies, and then she liked the way it made her feel. She said she could feel her forehead relax. And like all the tension would go away. So it wasn't just about looks. It was about, it was about the feeling too. So then she started creating what she called her ghetto frownies, which was that she would just buy medical tape or sometimes just (laughs) scotch tape and just stick it all over her face because it did the same (laughs) thing. It was really cheap. So she did that. And then she, my sister's kind of a weirdo. I mean, she's amazing, but she's kind of weird. I love her. She would also got into this habit where she liked to take her eye makeup off with Vaseline, but she got a kick out of just smearing Vaseline like all over her face. So she would like put it on her eyes, take off her eye makeup and then just rub it. So she'd have all this crazy makeup everywhere. Well, um, at the time, I don't know if maybe she was sleeping over at her now husband's house or something like something was happening. She had fallen asleep in one place with her, with her tape stuck all over her face. And her Vaseline eyes and raccoon eyes and makeup everywhere. And she got pulled over on the way home. And it was like six o'clock in the morning. Okay. And she didn't have her ID. (laughs) So she was in um, East Lansing, Michigan at the time, which is very like the it's a college town. So the cops are Uh they are not screwing around there. And she got pulled over and had to get out of her car and get her picture taken because she didn't have her ID. So I think that I think that that might have cured her of, of frownies. Of, of fr- well, no, she still does that, but I don't think she smears the Vaseline all over her face anymore. But she That's will, really will still have frownies on, and she'll forget they're on, and then we'll go. We'll like, be walking around town. I'm like, Catherine, you got tape stuck to your face. She's like, Oh, whoops! And then pulls it off. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I haven't I haven't fallen to that level yet, but maybe one day I will. I love that story very much. I love your sister so much. I got to see her on Zoom spontaneously the other week before things. Not wearing her frownies, but I wouldn't have been surprised had she shown up with them. No, on, but so. she's just delightful. Like anyone, <laughs> if they if you follow Megan personally on Instagram, sometimes you guys you post pictures of you and Katherine, but um you're just like you're so cute together. You look alike, but you each look like your own person. And she's just like the happiest. She is the happiest she, person. She is just delightful. I love her. And I interviewed her on the show like what two, three years ago? Yeah. We should link to yeah, that. Yeah, we can link to that too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's talk about our last category, which is bathing and showering rituals. Um, so Sarah, I know you've got a couple things to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of actually mine are all sort of COVID related. Some of this is turning into almost like COVID related bizarre habits. But um, one thing I do miss about pedicures and I didn't get pedicures very often. I never got my fingernails done, but I'd get pedicures. I don't know, every two or three months sometimes. And I do miss the, um, the callus removal. I don't even need the full callus removal that you pay extra for, but just even the, the light exfoliating of the heel area and just Mm -hmm. knowing that that dead skin is going bye-bye and then a nice cream. I just, I love that. And I missed it. So I picked up like totally cheap Target or Amazon or something. One of the things you can have in the shower and mine has like four, it has two sides and each side is double-sided. So there's kind of like four levels of abrasion. One is like the softest is like a brush. And then the most intense is like an actual like metal cheese grater thing. Right. Right. And then like kind of varying like emery board, um, you know, type in the middle. And I just do that every time I take a shower just on my heel. I don't go crazy. I don't try to remove like tons of layers of skin but I, it feels really good. And if you have itchy feet at all, or if you like are satisfied by that kind of sensory feeling of, of, I don't know, skin brushing. And actually people get into like whole body skin brushing. That is a thing I have not gotten into, but I would probably love actually. Um, but just the heel, it's just a little thing. And so it's, I don't think it's a bizarre habit, but it is something that I miss from pre COVID pedicures that was pretty easy to replicate in my own shower. So that was one. Um, and then this one is a, another big swing. And that is that I did not used to care if I went a little while between shaving my legs. And by a little while, if it was winter, it might be a couple weeks. If it was summer, it might be a few days. My leg hair is kind of sparse and fine. And unless you look closely, you just don't see it that much. And it didn't. You're going to talk about how it's like a sensory thing for you. You don't like the feeling of stubble. I had no issues with that. And I still don't really have any issues with that. 
But with COVID and long showers being a nice little bit of self-care, I have started shaving my legs pretty much every shower and then putting that Undaria body oil that we both love mm. from Osea, oh, also yeah. a sponsor, putting that <laughs> on. So good, yeah. And and just like really enjoying the feeling of freshly shaved legs in a way that I don't think I ever have cared that much in my life. I mean, I shaved my legs, but I didn't feel bad if I didn't. And this is like a very different experience. But the only problem, the bizarre part is I don't know what pants to put on after I have done this leg shaving and body oil routine because it feels like I need them to fully dry is the wrong word, but like absorb. The the oil has to soak in. Yeah. And so I end up sometimes I'll be all clean and then I'll put on like the ugliest, loosest pajama pants for a while because it's winter now. I don't really want to put on shorts. I for sure jeans or leggings feel out. So I need like a special pair of pants for after I shave my legs <laughs> and put on that oil. So I don't know. Those are my, that's all I got for showers. Okay. So I have a solution for all of these things. Um, not really a solution, but I have a response. So I have had one of those, I just have a double-sided um, foot scrubber thing. It's got like the really rough emery on one side and the cheese grater on the other. I very rarely use the cheese grater, but every now and then, you know, especially in the summer when I've been walking around barefoot a lot, I will. I, that is definitely one of those things that the more often you do it, the less you have to work at it. It's a, it's just like a maintenance thing. So it might seem like a pain, but then if you do it every day, it's just like a quick scrub. It's like 10 seconds of scrubbing. It's not a big deal. And then it never builds up to where it's really gross. And then I don't do it every day, but I like to put like a really thick lotion on my feet and put a pair of like, um, sports socks on Mm -hmm. and just sit around for a while and let that soak in. And then it just feels great for a couple of days. Um, I have shaved my legs every single day. And I mean, every single day with maybe 10 days a year that I don't it, for my whole adult life. Yeah, like, that's so different from me. I just hate the way it feels if I let my hair, like hair grow in, especially if I'm wearing jeans. I feel like the, the hair is catching my jeans when I bend my legs. It makes You're not me alone. I definitely know a lot of other people yeah. feel that way. And it's weird because I'm sensory sensitive about a, a lot of things, but not that. And I feel like my legs also get really scaly and dry feeling mm-hmm. and itchy. And then I also feel, and then I also feel like, and then I also feel like the hair comes back and it's harder to get the next time. Like if I let it go a few days, it would take that much longer. So to me, that's just been like a daily maintenance thing for so long that I don't really think about it. Um, mm-hmm. And the solution I had to your problem with the Andaria oil, which is amazing, but I agree, like, unless I can hang around in my underwear for a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> or just put pajamas on. Like if I do it at night and put pajamas on, that's fine. But if it's going to be during the day, I would mix a few drops of the Andaria with a lotion in my hand. Oh, okay. And then it just doesn't take as long to absorb. You still get that okay. nice feeling. It still smells really good. It feels great going on, but it's just not as intense. So okay. that's how I handle all of those very big problems. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, what about anything else with showering for you? I forgot to mention that I don't shower every day and I never have, and I don't feel bad about it because I'm not an, I'm not an extreme exerciser and I wash my face and hands a lot and I put deodorant on and I wear clean clothes, but I do not bathe or shower every day. And I, um, I pretty much never have with, with the exception, you know, certain, certain exercise times in my life, but, um, it's just not something I feel weird or guilty about. So I don't know. Maybe that's bizarre for some people. Because I shave every day. I do bathe almost every day. Of course, like every now and then a week on a weekend or something, I won't, but it's, um, I do, I do like to shave. I do feel like the process of taking a shower or a bath makes me feel ready for the day. So I like to do it. Um, I will say the less now that I, since I'm not washing my hair, every day anymore or hardly at all. Like I've, like I've shared. And because, um, I live in a house now where I have my own private bathroom with a nice bathtub. I mostly just take baths. Like I Mm -hmm. take a bath like every day, pretty much. Even when I shower while I'm showering, I fill the bath and then get in the bath Mm -hmm. because I just want to end with the bath. Showering feels like work and baths feel like fun. So that's how I do. And that's how I make it work. Standing up to shave? Ew. That's hard. Why would I do that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, we've lost track of time, but we're pretty sure this episode is like three and a half hours long. Yep. So hope you all hope you made all enjoyed it. that. Yep. <laughs> you made it. I feel like if you're 32, 
you have gotten a lot of information about what the future holds. Maybe if you're 40 something like we are, you will be nodding along. And I would love for people to send in their bizarre habits or just like hangups or I don't know, midlife discoveries with beauty. Um, but yeah, I think we're ready to wrap, don't you? I, I think we're there. Uh, what do we have coming up, Sarah, that we can tell people about that's actually helpful? Well, Tuesday, in just two days, we have an episode about the pressure to be a perfect mom at the holidays, which sounds familiar because we end up tackling this topic almost every year in some way, shape or form. But that's because it never leaves us. It's always right. necessary. It's always there. Yeah. Um, so if you're already kind of feeling that December pressure or if COVID is making expectations even more fraught and stressful, I think Tuesday's episode is going to be a really good one. Um, and so please check back with us then. And otherwise, I don't know, go shave your legs or something. <laughs> I love it. Talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Tease Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Tease Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Tease Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasemade.com to find all the episodes.